Welcome, dear listener, to another episode of True Hauntings and Scary Stories, the podcast where we alternate between spooky conversation and scary short stories. (laughs) Now, here's your host, Miss Cynthia C. Welcome, everybody. Today's episode is going to be a little different than what you're used to. Um, Normally, I alternate my episodes, so the even episodes end up being short stories that I've written, and then the odd episodes end up being me interviewing people or me with a co-host that varies. Uh, But this time, so here's my problem. Writing my short stories and then recording them, and then editing that audio for the episode takes a good solid week of full-time work. And the episodes where I interview people, or have a co-host, or just talk solo like I'm going to do today, those only take about a day of solid work to, to accomplish. And I've taken another job, so... I have been really struggling, which I've mentioned, I think, in the last story episode, I think. I've mentioned that I was struggling to find enough time to keep up with my writing, and I do intend to keep writing when I can, but I think until midsummer, I am probably going to lay off of the story writing part for a while, because I just don't have the time to fit it all in. So... For today's episode, I am still going to try and keep doing my episodes weekly. At first, I thought I was going to drop the story episodes completely and just do my show once every two weeks on Fridays. But the more I thought about that, the more I thought, no, I have a solid audience of people who are enjoying what I'm putting out. And so, no, I'm going to try to keep up with it every Friday. I'm just going to stop writing short stories for a little while and see if that eases it. Maybe maybe I'll eventually do like one short story a month or something. So basically you can't go by odd-numbered episodes and even-numbered episodes anymore because it's going to be what it's going to be. It's either going to be a, a spooky conversation or it's going to be a scary short story, and I can't really tell you when to expect either one of those. <laughs> so surprise, <laughs> you'll just have to tune in and see what I'm doing that week, which I think is kind of fun personally, but you know, it'll be the same content more or less, just more sporadic. So come along for the ride. So today's episode, what I've done is, okay, so this month is January, 2022. And my uh, mystery boxes that I make for true hauntings, I have them themed. So every month is a different theme of mystery box. And January's theme is voodoo. Because I just thought voodoo was spooky and interesting and that it would be a fun thing to base a box off of. Well, when I started researching voodoo in order to make the box, I discovered many things that I did not know about voodoo. And so I thought today it would be kind of cool to talk about it and just kind of tell you the things that I learned. Now, I am no voodoo expert. I was just as clueless as everybody else before I started 
Googling it. So just bear with me. And, you know, if you if I say something that doesn't seem accurate, if you're more knowledgeable than I am, then feel free to um, go to my Twitter and you can message me on Twitter or you can go to our my Twitter is at True Hauntings with a Z on the end. Or you can go to the Facebook group if you're a member of that. And all these links are in my show notes anyway. You can go there and drop me a note, whatever, you know, because this is just stuff I pulled off of Google that seemed reputable. Um, So yeah, we're just going to jump into it. First of all, I'd heard the term hoodoo, H-O-O-D-O-O, and I'd heard voodoo, which is V-O-O-D-O-O, and I assumed that they were kind of one of the same, but, and they sort of are, except hoodoo is practiced by people who are not initiated officially into voodoo. So they call it hoodoo. So that's like the unofficial um, voodoo practice. And then the official practice is voodoo, and it's spelled many different ways, and it's got different pronunciations um, in Africa because Africa is where it comes from originally. Voodoo is a religion that is passed down verbally so it's taught to people there aren't like in some witchcraft faiths there are books and things that you learn from voodoo is mostly taught in families passed down through the generations so you have to be initiated into the voodoo practice you cannot call yourself a voodoo practitioner or a voodooist unless you have been initiated by another voodoo practitioner. So hoodoo is people who practice the religion, but they are not initiated. They're not official. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, Voodoo, as I said, is a religion. So when I first thought about voodoo, I had the normal picture in my head that most Americans have of um, someone haggardly looking and dressed in robes and like holding a voodoo doll. We'll talk more about that soon. Holding a voodoo doll, like sticking it with pins and like cursing people and doing potions and things. And I thought of it as like, not evil, but that's the perception is that voodoo is, is a bad thing that people do to curse other people and bring harm on them or whatever. Voodoo is not that at all. It's just a religion. It's just a different religion. And the irony is that voodoo, once it traveled to Louisiana um, because of slave trades, once it traveled there, it kind of got meshed in and combined with Catholicism. So there are a lot of Catholic threads going through voodoo nowadays because when the slaves first came over, you know, the, the colonists tried to convert them to Catholicism. So what they did was, what the Haitians did, is they kind of combined their own beliefs with what the Catholics were teaching them in order to mask their own religion so that they could sort of keep practicing it under the radar. So that's where that kind of came from, but we'll talk about that too. So voodoo is not about holding voodoo dolls and cursing people and stuff like that. It's actually, from what I'm reading, it's actually very spiritual and beautiful. Now, you guys know that I'm an atheist. I don't believe in any religion, per se. 
and I don't believe in gods and stuff like that. But I am open-minded and I love to learn new things. So when I started reading about voodoo, I just thought, wow, this is really kind of pretty. It's got a really bad rap. I don't know why that is. So we're going to talk about it. So I went to a website, Britannica.com, you know, Britannica. It's like the go-to for information. (laughs) And I looked up just the definition of voodoo on there. And it says it's a traditional Afro-Haitian religion. Uh, It comes from West Africa. As I said, it was brought over by the slaves that were transported to America and partly Christianized by Roman Catholics in the 16th and 17th centuries. The word voodoo means spirit or deity. So voodoo is a very spiritual religion. They talk a lot about um, honoring the spirits and they do ceremonies for them. Now, honestly, it sounded so much like the Catholic religion because they have saints and stuff. And so does voodoo. Voodoo has spirits that they perform tasks for and they make offerings to and they pray to and just like you would saint peter they they have their own version of those things it says voodoo is a worldwide encompassing philosophy medicine justice and religion its fundamental principle is that everything is spirit humans are spirits who inhabit the visible world the unseen world is populated by iwa I hope I'm saying that right, Iwa, which are spirits. And then also mysteries, something they call mysteries, the invisibles, angels, and then spirits of their ancestors or recently deceased. So all of those are in the unseen world. So voodoo mostly has the two worlds. They have the visible and the not visible. All of these spirits are believed to live in a mythical land called Ginnon. I don't know if I'm saying that right either. It's a cosmic Africa, sort of. And the God of the Christian Bible is understood to be the center of both the universe and the spirits. And the spirits were made by God to help him govern humanity and the natural world. So again, that's where it kind of combined Christianity a little bit with voodooism. So this is really beautiful. I love this line. It says the primary goal and activity of voodoo is to serve the spirits, to offer prayers, perform various devotional rites directed at God, and particular spirits in return for health, protection, and favor. So notice that there's nothing there about cursing people and doing evil things or whatever. It's just full-on another religion. Spirit possession plays an important role in Afro-Haitian religion, as it does in many other world religions. Um, During religious rites, believers sometimes enter a trance-like state in which the devotee may eat and drink, perform stylized dances, give supernaturally inspired advice to people, or perform medical cures or special physical feats. These acts exhibit the incarnate presence of the Iwa, or the spirits, within the entranced devotee. Now, what that reminded me of, the first time I read that, was um, Pentecostal Christians, right? So I was not raised in that religion, but I went to a Pentecostal church only once in my life, 
And that reminds me of that. Like they kind of um, chanted sort of, and they had the whole speaking in tongues thing and they would get out in the aisle and like sort of dance around sometimes or shake or whatever. Um, They had like different things that they would do. And so that kind of reminded me of that. Like, it's funny that we kind of villainize voodooism because we don't realize just how similar it is, I think. So it says voodoo ritual activity, such as prayer, song, dance, and gesture, is aimed at refining and restoring balance and energy in relationships between people and between people and the spirits of the unseen world. So this all sounds very reminiscent of what we would consider normal religions, like widely accepted Christianity, Catholicism in that. Like there's all kinds of Christianity, but yeah, it sounds just like all those, frankly. I kept reading and I found out that, so voodoo dolls. Okay, here's my newfound issue with voodoo dolls, which I didn't know until I started looking into it. And somebody, um, I posted a picture of a doll that I made the other day and somebody commented and, and actually ended up messaging me and said, Hey, uh, this doll is not what you think it is. And it's probably not appropriate to go around saying that you made a voodoo doll. If you are not an initiated voodoo practitioner, So I looked into that, and sure enough, voodoo dolls were not a normal occurrence in voodoo before it came to the United States, um, to America. So they started out as poppets. So a poppet is a doll that is made to represent a person for casting spells on that person or to aid that person through magic. So poppets were originated in Europe, and they're made from carved root, grain or corn shafts, fruit, paper, wax, a potato, (laughs) clay, branches, or cloth stuffed with herbs. So I think for most of us, when we picture a voodoo doll, we picture a cloth doll of some kind that's stuffed and has pins sticking out of it. So... Those dolls were called poppets in Europe, and when the colonists brought the slaves over, they kind of combined their own sort of version of that with the poppets, and it became the voodoo doll. And the colonists kind of vilified it, and for a while they tried to outlaw practicing voodooism, which is why uh, voodooists kind of combined it with Catholicism to hide it a little bit. But yeah, those dolls were not like a normal thing. Um, most present day voodoo practitioners don't necessarily use voodoo dolls, actually. And I didn't know that either. Poppets inspired voodoo dolls, which aren't widely used by actual practicing voodooists. That is truth. So let me go. I found another website that talks about the voodoo history of New Orleans and Louisiana. Because that's where most of us Americans know about voodooism, is from New Orleans. Now, this website is called FrenchQuarter.com. And I'm guessing that they are based out of New Orleans, you know, French Quarter and all that. So, it's this website, FrenchQuarter.com, says voodoo came to New Orleans in the early 1700s 
through slaves brought from Africa's western slave coast. Like so many things New Orleans, voodoo was then infused with the city's dominant religion, Catholicism, and became a voodoo-Catholicism hybrid sometimes referred to as New Orleans voodoo. So New Orleans voodoo is actually pretty different from the voodoo that is practiced in Africa still today. And in Africa, in parts of Africa, voodoo is the normally accepted, you know, widely known religion. And yes, they do believe in zombies, by the way. And apparently there's some kind of a uh, concoction that voodooists can make that will make a human appear to be dead. And so they'll give them that, they'll sneak that to them. Then when they are buried, they'll go dig them back up and and kind of keep them drugged as their slave. And that's what voodooists in Africa consider to be um, zombies, is when you're kind of kidnapped, sort of, and given this concoction that keeps you as their captive. I think it's made with some poison from a puffer fish, if I recall. But I don't have that website pulled up, so don't quote me on that. <laughs> I just heard that. while I was researching it. In New Orleans, for instance, Legba, the voodoo deity who controls the gates to the spirit world, becomes St. Peter, who holds the keys to the gates of heaven. So that's kind of an example, just one little example of how they kind of tried to mask their religion with the Catholic religion so that they could keep practicing it. The hybrid was evident in Marie Laveau, a devout Catholic who attended Mass at St. Louis Cathedral and was a close friend to the cathedral's priest. So Marie Laveau is a very famous, very famous New Orleans voodoo priestess. And it turns out that she was a devout Catholic as well. And I thought that was very interesting. I had no idea. I knew very little about Marie Laveau. I recognized her name, but I didn't. I just pictured a voodoo priestess, like, casting curses on people and, you know, whatever, until I was educated. In front of Laveau's brick-and-mortar tomb on the outskirts of the French Quarter, fans lay out stacks of nickels, paper flowers, and other offerings. Visiting cemeteries such as this one is one of the most popular things to do in the French Quarter and beyond. Now, the reason for that, according to what I read, is that voodooism believes that when you die, that is your spirit passing from the seen world to the unseen world. So you are still just as alive as you were when your body was alive. It's just that your spirit is on a different plane, I guess. See, when Laveau was alive, they would go to her house and ask her for blessings and to help them with things and all that. So when she passed, they just started going to, quote, her new home, which was her grave. So they still believe she's just as alive as she was when she was alive. So they just go to the other location. And there are certain things that they do to get favor from her. They leave her gifts and offerings. They draw three X's on her tomb which is some kind of a blessing or something that they do. And actually, she passed away in 1881. I didn't realize that she had lived that long ago, frankly. And she was a free black woman, by the way. She was free back then. And she also did a ton of charity work. Let me look that up, because that's another thing I didn't know. Laveau, who was also known as the Widow Paris after the death of her first husband, Jacques 
Paris, was a striking spiritual figure, a do-gooder, and a free woman of color. She adopted orphans, fed the hungry, visited prisoners, and nursed countless patients back to health during the yellow fever epidemic. She also was a skilled naturopath, treating patients with massage, teas, herbs, and salves, which likely was more successful with yellow fever patients than bloodletting and other medical techniques of the day. So she was considered a healer. She was very high up in the community and served her community really very well. Some of the books cite first-hand accounts of neighbors recalling how Laveau had flowers, candles, images of saints, and altars throughout her house. How the front steps were scrubbed every morning with brick dust to protect the house, and how she had a statue of St. Anthony of Padoue, Padoue? the patron saint of finding lost items that she would turn upside down when she was working. That's kind of cool. I like that. So this is where I learned about hoodoo. It says hoodoo is a non-religious belief in the objects of voodoo. So they liken it to a belief that a four-leaf clover is lucky. So New Orleans has had a long line of famous hoodoo practitioners and shops and people here still talk about spells that use images of saints, chicken feet, graveyard dust, brick dust, gunpowder, pins and needles, candles and incense. So hoodoo practitioners are not initiated into voodoo. It's kind of a different branch of it. So I thought that was cool. So finally, this last one that I found that I thought you guys might be into is a website that is theculturetrip.com. And they had an article that was 11 Fascinating Facts You Didn't Know About Voodoo. So voodoo is a combination of practices. We already talked about that. Voodoo was kind of combined with Christianity a bit. Voodooism's two worlds. They, They mostly believe in just two worlds, the seen and the unseen. Communicating with spirits. Communication with lesser spirits known as Iwa and to the invisible world is done through prayer, animal sacrifice, and drum and dance ceremonies. They ask advice, learn from their experience, and connect with them on a spiritual level. Where is Voodooism practiced? Voodooism is most popular and practiced in West Africa, Haiti, and Louisiana, and in places that hold the remnants of West African slavery such as Cuba, Brazil, Puerto Rico, and the Dominican Republic. What is Voodooism? So we already said that it is a community religion rooted in healing and doing good to others tenets that are central to the religion. It is a source of strength for African slaves who had to endure fierce conditions when they found themselves uprooted and moved around the world. How Voodooism foreshadowed Haiti's revolt independence. A voodoo priest, uh, I hope I say this right, Duddy Bookman, Bookman, started for Haitian revolution in 1791 after stating prophecies that certain slaves that he named would be leaders of a resistance movement that would free other slaves. This was seen as the catalyst of the subsequent slave revolt. Attempt to ban voodooism. In 1685, France banned any practice of African religion in its colonies. Slaves had to be converted within eight days of their arrival with many baptisms taking place. 
The religion did not die, however. It simply merged with the newly adopted Catholicism to give the impression of conversion. We talked about that. Where the term voodoo originated. The word voodoo comes from the West African Fon people from southern Benin, B-E-N-I-N, and it means spiritual entity. Protection from persecution. Voodoo practitioners have historically survived several attempts of others trying to subdue the religion by burning shrines, forcing conversion to different religions, and beating its clergy. They are now protected in Haiti thanks to the country's 1987 Haitian constitution. Urban legend. The myth of the voodoo doll as a tool to bestow a curse is something that has been propagated by popular culture and Hollywood in particular. This doll pertains to a type of African folk magic called hoodoo. They have very little place in the religion and are not used by the majority of practitioners. So we talked about that too. Protect and serve. Okay, I'm going to try to say this. The Zangbito are traditional voodoo guardians of the night in Togo and Benin. They patrol the streets in outfits that resemble haystacks and were the primary law enforcement in these areas until the establishment of official law and order. So that's cool. I I don't know. The more I learned about voodoo, the more impressed I was by it, how it mostly encompasses doing good, blessing people, paying respect to your ancestors, and worshiping the spirits of the world around you. I just think it's much more beautiful than what people think it is. So with that being said, the box that I'm making for January has items in it that are common items for New Orleans voodoo. I did get the, there is one thing in there that I got from a voodoo practitioner. Be careful if you actually try to use that because from what I understand, if you aren't knowledgeable enough, you probably shouldn't be messing with it, but (laughs) it's in there and I got it from a practitioner, so I'm going to roll with it. But just think of the box more as educational and entertainment value. I certainly don't want you guys to go out there and suddenly start trying to practice a religion that you know nothing about. Um, If you want to uh, research it more, you know, I just touched on kind of the main, most obvious points that I found when I was reading about it, but there's so much more to learn. So kind of think of the box as just a box of interesting trinkets that are voodoo related and go from there. I I hope that you enjoy it. I think the box is really neat. I like the things that are in it. It's definitely got entertainment value. I would tell you that much. (laughs) I'm always disappointed because for some reason every month I buy just enough stuff to make the boxes that I need to make. And I never buy extras for myself. (laughs) And I'm always like, dang it. I wish I could keep one of these boxes, (laughs) but I can't. So yeah, enjoy it. If you're not into it, then don't buy it, obviously. But um, it's available on my Etsy store, or it it will be soon anyway. I think it's going to be available in a week or two because I'm still waiting to receive a couple things that go in the box. So I can't actually put it up for sale just yet. But, and then of course I do have a couple patrons who are on the level where you get the box automatically every month. So they will get theirs as soon as I have it all put together. So, you know, if you're into it, great. If you're not, 
I just think this was a cool episode where we could chit chat about voodoo and learn a few things that we didn't know before because I had no idea. I was so clueless. I'm kind of embarrassed about how clueless I was about voodoo. So I'm really glad that I know more now. And I'll tell you this much. Next month, February, that box is themed witchcraft. So guess what I'm going to be investigating and learning way more about. Now, I do know more about witchcraft than I did about voodoo, but um, I'm going to go deeper into that. And Brick and I, you know, Brick, my sister, she used to be on the show a lot with me. She's not anymore because she had to get a full-time job and, you know, life happened and she couldn't keep up with it. But she's still in the Facebook group if you guys ever want to chit-chat with her. But anyway, she and I recorded a witch episode right before she stopped doing it with me. So I still have that and I'm going to edit it and use it for an episode in February, I think, because we talk about a lot of the details of witchcraft and I think that'll be interesting to hear and it will go along with the box for next month. So next month's box box is witchcraft and it'll have like some cool trinkets in it, maybe a spell or two. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what fun things I can find. I hope you guys enjoyed this. I will spook you later.